0: You're listening to Curated Podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington Studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham.
1: And me, John Young.
0: Dr. Ian Storey, lecturer in information systems at RMIT, is very kindly returned to the studios of RPP. Professor Stephen Hawking, the noted cosmologist and physicist, passed away, educated at Cambridge University. He was wheelchair confined for most of his a- adult life, I think from his early 20s onward. In more recent years, he became so disabled that he actually had to use a special voice synthesizer to communicate. So despite really almost a lifetime of pretty profound disability, he still managed to be a very successful scientist. He he published a book that uh, everyone seems to have on their shelf, Brief History of Time. Ian, you wanted to give us some thoughts looking back on his life.
1: Well, yes, he was a a great man, I believe. Mm. Firstly looking at very very briefly at the scientific side of you know i'm not an expert on the equations of the big bang i have some knowledge of general and special relativity and quantum mechanics but not anything to this depth but mm. basically he and roger penrose initially were looking at singularities points where gravity bends back on itself so tightly that the space outside can't see it. He was doing this work in the 70s, and he showed that the Big Bang is a singularity, or at least can be a singularity. So that's an amazing thing. He also came up with some formulae that showed that heat could get out of a black hole, so it could radiate heat. And that contradicted, I guess, the classical, in quotes, view of physics around black holes so not much could get out but heat could get out i don't, i'm not really sure what kind of radiation you know hawking radiation is he said that because of that they could actually eventually evaporate they evaporate very very slowly so a black hole the size of the sun would take the current age of the universe to evaporate you know it It's a very, very slow process. Mm. But very small ones would evaporate and give off a lot of, huge amount of radiation. The same as a million one megaton hydrogen bombs in the last one-tenth of a second. So if there's any micro black holes around, they're quite dangerous. (laughs) But none have been observed. In fact, they tried to make one in CERN and they couldn't. But maybe that's a good thing, given that... <laughs> yeah,
0: what that might have what might have done to the world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's still conjectural. Mm. A few other things. He also showed how quantum fluctuations could have led to clumping after the Big Bangs, so that galaxies could actually form, rather than matter being spread out completely evenly, giving rise to galaxies and stars, etc. And... Latterly, he's been trying to develop a wave theory, you know, a combination of quantum mechanics and relativity, which is the Holy Grail, being able to combine the two. Because previous to relativity, previous to Einstein, space and time were separate things, and energy and matter were separate things. So we now have two things, space, time, energy, matter, which is a bit embarrassing. And a lot of people think that energy, matter, might be space, time curled up very very tightly so he was trying to solve that as was einstein when he died
0: it's a unifying theory of everything is that the that's the thing that he was aiming for there
1: yeah mm. yeah he was aiming for that he also which i like took seriously the, the concept of the multiverse and he was in the sydney opera house but they had him by hookup, by what they call a hologram which is It's not a hologram. It's literally smoke and mirrors, right? Okay. An audience member asked him, what do you think is the cosmological effect of Zane leaving One Direction and consequently breaking the hearts of millions of teenage girls across the world? (laughs) And he said, finally, a question... Well, I I won't do his voice, but he he said it in that voice. Mm -hmm. Finally, a question about something important. (laughs) My advice to any heartbroken young girl is to pay Close attention to the study of theoretical physics. It would not be beyond the realms of possibility that somewhere outside our own universe lies another different universe, and in that universe, Zane is still in one direction. (laughs) (laughs) Not only that, you might like to know that in another possible universe, you and Zane are happily married. So that was his way of getting across in a popular way the concept of the multiverse. But he was really given a hard time over that, like he's losing it, you know, he's going nuts. He's, right. To me, the quantum mechanics seems to point in that direction unless you artificially collapse the state vector. But anyway, that's another... Yeah, that?
0: getting, into, getting into another area, yeah, which we're yeah. going to touch on, I guess, with, we're going with to touch quantum on, computing. Yeah. Yeah. I've just got a, a few interesting little things about him. Uh, one of his well-known quotes was that uh, we're just an advanced breed of monkeys on a minor planet of a very average star but we can understand the universe, that makes us something very special.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Talking about Hawking and his disability, he was given two years to live and eventually he lived for 76 years. He was a rare outlier. Mm. But it was the NHS rather than medical good luck which saved his life. Notably with... a tracheotomy in 1985 and also because of respiratory problems medical science saved his life a number of times and extended his life and he said i wouldn't be here today if it were not for the nhs
0: mm. so he was actually giving a big plug to free medical support that the british system has yes rather he, than stuff he, that he'd afforded he, because he, he
1: felt so strongly about it he got quite political about it mm. what he said was it was leading to a US-style insurance system, but speaking as a scientist, cherry-picking evidence is unacceptable. So just picking the evidence you want, you can make the argument that insurance will lead to better outcomes, more efficient outcomes, picking on the metrics you want and the evidence you sure. want. Yep. And he just saw that as baloney. And he had a scientific answer to it citing some studies but suppressing others to justify policies, it debases scientific culture. Mm. He was so incensed about this for obvious reasons, but also, you know, it's it's a a nasty thing to do to deliberately misuse science in this way that he actually looked up the data that showed on balance that the NHS was a good scheme, Mm. that it was numbers of doctors and nurses were going to be inadequate without it
0: yep and i think that's sort of despite the cost i think they are struggling with the uh, funding of it in in the uk at the moment i yeah. think it's it's I mean, well, it's, it's a very been... expensive system but it's a it's a system where the benefits outweigh the cost in, in hawking's view
1: he actually joined a lawsuit aimed at blocking the politician who was making these attacks on the nhs Well, just one <laughs> yeah. last thing that mm. i'd mm. like to point out a lot of people would say that he dealt only in abstracts and in pure science, fundamental science. But a lot of the, the science that is pure and fundamental has had enormous practical applications. So, for example, transistors and computers coming out of quantum mechanics. We wouldn't understand them without quantum mechanics. Depletion regions and all that sort of stuff. They just don't make sense. MRI would not be possible. You know, without extreme physics, the web would not be possible were not someone to look into protocols for distributed processing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that was started by the US government, but it was also maintained a lot by guys at Berkeley just working in their spare time. Even computer operating systems were developed in their spare time. The C programming language that developed Unix, but also encryption, the public key encryption. If the mathematicians way, way, way back, 1600s, 1700s at least, weren't looking at group theory. We wouldn't have the mathematics to use encryption and to be able to trade on the web. So there's a lot of pure research, fundamental research, that we will never know what its applications are. If we want to have an application that's five years down the track in every piece of research, we're going to be stopping research that 20, 100 years down the track could have enormous applications. So Hawking's talking about singularities. Maybe there are close to singularities appearing all the time. This is just sort of one way that I imagine it could work. So maybe that physics is related to the physics of ordinary, quote unquote, space, you know. So to me... The argument that pure science has a value in its own right, yes, I like that argument, but just looking at it in terms of payoffs, pure science can have a huge outcome. We never know exactly where it's going to come from. Yep. Which area of research is going to come from? So
0: it's an argument that, that scientists should be allowed to pursue their interests and follow things to their conclusion without necessarily knowing that there's a payoff or some specific reason for doing that. So it's it's science for science's sake, in yes. a way, for investigation yes. for investigation's
1: sake. When he wrote his paper, which was just a very small paper, I think they thought that way more then than they do now. Mm. Everything's got to have a payoff now. Mm. I would argue from the point of practicality, from the point of payoff, not just from the loveliness of pure theory.
0: Thanks, Ian. Talking about Stephen Hawking, the cosmologist and physicist professor at Cambridge University, very sadly passed away at the age of 76 years old. Thanks for listening.
1: And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestion for future shows.